Uh, it's been misattributed to him. It was actually a Scottish pastor, uh, an 18th century Scottish pastor named John Watson, who said that be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle, which um, depending on what tradition you come from and kind of what your background is, you know, that you might be thinking that just sounds like a bunch of, you know, liberal, you know, malarkey, uh, all the kindness, love talk. Um, this is actually, you know, this isn't a bumper sticker that's just, you know, something progressive. This is, this is actually very Christian, the sentiment. It's actually very biblical, uh, and it actually finds its roots actually only in Christianity. This whole sentiment, which is, um, you know, grown very popular now of kindness, uh, that didn't exist. That really did not exist in the world uh, pre-Jesus, pre-Christianity. And uh, so this, this really comes straight from Jesus. Um, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Isn't, I mean, isn't that so true? You know, no matter where you're at in life, you know, we all walk in carrying something. Something. It may be relatively light uh, compared to someone else, but nonetheless, or maybe relatively heavy and uh, more burdensome, uh, but nonetheless, we're all carrying something, and um, we have to recognize that. Uh, as we come in together, and we're, t- we're starting today a, a nine-week series called Gospel Culture. Gospel Culture, that we'll be looking at nine different uh, verses throughout the New Testament that involve the idea of one another. Um, there's a lot of these throughout the New Testament, of uh, different one another's things that we're commanded to do as followers of Christ. But what we're going to do, what we're going to see, and we'll start today with Galatians 6, 2, is that gospel doctrine leads to gospel culture. That if, if, if gospel doctrine is really being understood, it always produces a gospel culture. If it's actually really being grasped and understood and taking root in a community. So I'll say it's a couple other different ways that gospel doctrine leads to gospel culture. Doctrinal purity leads to relational beauty. Horizontal, sorry, vertical healing produces horizontal healing. That that what God saves us to, what he saves you to, is not just, you know, to get up into heaven, but he's actually bringing heaven down to earth. And so because of that, the reality is every single local church either feels more like heaven or it feels more like hell based on primarily the relationships within the body because that really is what the church is. It's a network of relationships, right? It's not necessarily an event. And you can either feel like Jesus, right? If he's front and center and on the throne or if Jesus is getting left out on the street, then it feels like a very different place. So today, Galatians 6.2, that was just read for us in two different languages. Thank you for that. Um, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. That's what we're looking at. Um, and as we look at this, uh, we're going to do it in two sections for your notes. Uh, first is bearing burdens, and second is fulfilling the law of Christ. Bearing burdens, fulfilling the law of Christ. So we're basically just taking that one verse, breaking it up in half. Those are two sections. And what we're going to see is that carrying one another's burdens captures the character of Christ. Carrying one another's burdens captures the character of Christ. That there's a a direct link with this specific one another 
that's anchored in who Christ is, what he's done, his heart, his work. This is a very Jesus-y thing um, that he enables us to do. All right, so first, bearing burdens. Uh, Like I said, we're going to look just at the first half of this, bearing one another's burdens. Um, That word bear, uh, it literally means to lift or to carry. The opposite being, you know, to, to ignore or to overlook. So it's the idea of taking up, of getting up under the load that someone else is carrying and shouldering it with them, regardless of it's, you know, something light, you know, relatively, or something really heavy and more dramatic. And then, you know, the word burden, um, it means weight or load. Um, I, I think a burden, uh, it means any, anything that feels like weight in your life. That could be financially, that could be emotionally, that could be relationally, uh, you name it, right? But anything that feels like it's just on your back. And again, it doesn't have to be back-breaking. I, I think so often we can say, oh, someone else has got it worse in the world. And, and yeah, that's true. There's always somebody that's got it worse, right? Um, but something that feels like a weight. So carrying one, another, one another's loads is what this is about. It's about knowing where one another is at and being known so that we can link arms with one another and, and get up under the loads of life that will come your way or that you, know, you might be in the middle of right now. There is um, there was a, a Associated Press article that came out years ago about this guy, his name is Mr. Alter, his fifth grade classroom. And in the class, he had 14 boys in the class, and all 14 of them were bald. They had no hair. Now, only one of them uh, didn't have a choice in that matter. The other 13 chose to make themselves bald because uh, one of the little boys named Ian had cancer. He had lymphoma. And as many of you know, when you have cancer and you're going through chemotherapy, it oftentimes will make your hair get clumpy and start to fall out. And so oftentimes what people do is just go ahead and shave it all off. So you don't have to worry with that. And so that's what he did. He came to school and it was all shaved off. And his classmates, the boys, right, mind you, fifth grade boys, uh, they saw this and they took it upon themselves. There was one of the kids, uh, Kyle, who I think was 11 years old, and he took it upon himself to rally all the boys in the class together to go to the barbershop at the same time and get all their heads completely shaved bald. Listen to uh, a couple of things that, that some of the boys said, uh, said about this in that article. Um, one of the boys said, if everyone had his head shaved, they don't know who has cancer. Because think about it. I mean, you've got, I mean, when you're any age, right, if you've got to go completely bald against your will uh, or because, you know, because you're sick, let alone when you're, you know, this little, you know, young kid, um, how, you know, embarrassing that can be. And the kid who got it all organized, uh, Kyle, he said the last thing that Ian would want is to not fit in. We just wanted to make him feel better. You know, I mean, think about fifth grade. I mean, that's, that's the time, especially as boys, when you, I mean, you know, you're taking the low road with everything, right? You know, you're, you're taking every shot you can get. You're, you're making fun of people. It's, I mean, bullying is all that happens, it feels like, in elementary school. And yet these kids chose to take the high road. They took the high road of love, and, um, and they cared for, um, you know, they came up with this creative way, right, to get up under this burden that they saw that one of their classmates was, was carrying. Did they... Did they make his cancer go away? No. Um, the burden was still there, 
Uh, and so I don't, that's not, it's not calling you to do all the, the heavy lifting that really only God can do. But what it is calling you to do is come alongside, to inconvenience yourself and put yourself under someone else's burden with them, uh, which is exactly what, what they did, came underneath that weight uh, to make sure that the person carrying that isn't broken by it, right? There are some burdens, and I think all of us will probably face at least one or a handful of these sort of lives that burdens that are so heavy that they do have the potential to break you. <laughs> they have the potential to break you mentally or, you know, to leave you with a complete loss of will to live. I mean, this, is, this happens all the time. Um, and so bearing one of those burdens, coming up underneath one another, or to borrow uh, an illustration from last Sunday of, uh, of one of our own, of Nay, when she was sharing about, you know, her time in the week of prayer. And, uh, and she shared about how she's doing laundry that morning and sitting and waiting for the laundry to finish and your leg falls asleep. And what do you do when, when one, of your, one of your limbs falls asleep and your leg falls asleep? just yell at it, you know, shame it. Uh, no, right, you, you, the rest of your body compensates for it, right? The rest of your body is a little bit inconvenienced to make up for that. It's the same idea with the body of Christ. We're called the body of Christ so many times throughout the New Testament. That's one of the main images we have for, for those that are following Christ is a body. Various, you know, parts of the body, different limbs, and oftentimes that's what it takes to, uh, you know, to get the pressure off of somebody long enough for them to, to regain feeling, to regain strength, be able to keep walking um, and living their life and following Jesus. And, um, you know, this one another thing, too, before we move to the next section, this, I think one of the things that we have to recognize is, you know, it can kind of feel overwhelming because you're like, there are so many burdens in the world, so many things. Just watch the news. So many things going on, right? You just walk out this door. There's so many needs, so many burdens that people are, are walking with, right? And I think we should care about those. We should be burdened by those, right? But this is talking about one another. It has to start here, right? It has to start within the household of faith first. Um, we can't leave our, you know, the, the church is, is notorious for, you know, leaving, leaving their injured and wounded behind, right? So let's not do that. Jesus doesn't lead us in that way, which leads me to the second section, fulfilling the law of Christ. This is the second part of, uh, of verse 2, that Paul anchors this call to bear one another's burdens, to carry one another's loads, specifically in the law of Christ. Um, pulling back a little bit to think about the, the, the book that this single verse is, is in, Galatians uh, this book is written by Paul to a group of Christians who at one time had a very firm grasp on the gospel. They had a very firm grasp on the free forgiveness that God gives to people that hate him and run from him on the basis of the finished work of Christ. They had a very strong grasp on that. And yet there began to be some false teachers that arose within their church and started questioning that and started saying, well, hold on, what about all the Old Testament laws? Aren't we supposed to be keeping those, right? That's a, and that's a valid question that's live today, right? I think many of us, you know, we, we're, we're not totally clear on how this works. I mean, you got all these things in the Old Testament, all these things in the Bible. And yet, you know, we, we keep some of them and we don't keep others. So what's going on here? And, and they were being drawn away from Christ and into, back into legalism. And Paul essentially says, you know, if, there, if there's really a law that you want to keep, because I won't get all into it, because this would take up this entire thing, and we could, we, we could do a whole series. There are many, many books written on this. But the short of it is this, is that 
if you have faith in Christ, the Old Testament law, you are no longer under. All 613 laws, thank God, right? You can go eat bacon and have God's blessing. You don't have to worry about, you know, the pigs. And I go enjoy your bacon. Um, unless you're vegan, then, I, then I'm, I don't know what you do. Um, I'm sorry for you. Um, we're not under that, right? We're under the law of Christ, which Jesus spells out in the Gospels. He says that the, the two most important commands are to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. He says all the other 611 hang on those two. All the 611, those other ones, they were there, as Paul says earlier in Galatians 3, as a guardian to lead you to Christ. And now that, that, now that the, the fulfillment has come, now that Christ has come, we don't need the guardrails anymore. And so what we're left with is the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is love. And so he's saying, if you really want to be bound to a law, make this your law. Love. And he says that bearing one of those burdens uniquely fulfills that law. He, he, he tied a direct connection to coming, to, to not isolating yourself, to not letting other people being isolated, to coming together in, in all the difficulties and pain and the mess of life and shouldering it together. He links this specifically to the law of Christ. He says this fulfills, this fills out the law of Christ because that is exactly what Christ has done for you. That is the essence of what Christ came to do, to bear your burden. As Isaiah 53 says, to, he was stricken with, with our iniquities. He has borne our griefs. The burden of the thing that was breaking your back, sin, Jesus came to alleviate. He came to get underneath that and to take that and to shoulder that on his own. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what Jesus has done for you. He has been a burden bearer for you. And that's, that's where it started, right? There's how much more, right? If Jesus could take care of that, how much more in the rest of your life with all the things that come and all the things you're walking through right now is Jesus bearing your burdens for you. And then he says to go on and do that with one another. There's a um, there's a organization called La Arch, and uh, the guy who founded it, um, Gene, he uh, this organization it's a great organization it's international, and what they focus on is is uh, is basically amplifying the the voices of those with intellectual disabilities, and they have chapters all across the world and do do many great things. It's a Christian organization. The guy who started it was a very driven, very uh, motivated, very busy businessman. And at one point later in life, uh, while he was still doing all this, his wife got Alzheimer's, which uh, if you know about Alzheimer's, it's a disease that attacks your brain. And basically, uh, as it attacks your brain, it then attacks the rest of your body by slowly but surely shutting it down because the control center is getting, getting broken up. And his wife got Alzheimer's. And um, uh, Gene, who started this, uh, this organization, uh, was talking with him. And he said, the husband said, I couldn't just put her into an institution, so I kept her, I fed her, I bathed her. And later on, Gene went to go visit this couple. They lived in Paris, went to go visit them. And 
the husband said, you know, after a lifetime of busyness and importance, he said, I have changed. I have become more human through laying down his pursuit of the busyness, the, the, the empire that he was building in all of his business endeavors. And then Jean went back home and later on got a letter from, uh, from this husband. And in the letter, he said this. He said that in the middle of, of the night, his wife woke him up, the one with Alzheimer's, and she came out of the fog for just a moment, and she said, Darling, I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing for me. And then she fell back into the fog, and then he told Jean that I wept and I wept. God has done so much more for you than, than you recognize. The burdens that he has lifted off of you, the burden of your sin, right? There, you, you don't even know how much of a weight that was on you and how much of a weight that that was for Christ to lift for the sake of the whole world. And yet he's done that, and yet he is, uh, he is fine with us slowly coming out of our fog every now and again to give him thanks for that. And oftentimes, that's what it requires. With the inconvenience of bearing one of those burdens, is sometimes you don't get a thank you. Sometimes you don't get a pat on the back. Sometimes you will, but not all the time. And yet, you have all that you need to live a lifetime of sacrificing yourself for the good of your brother or sister because it's exactly what Christ has done for you. Gospel doctrine leads to a gospel culture. And it, often, it oftentimes requires inconvenience. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot of things that go into this, but I just want to name four things that I think this involves to, uh, to be a burden bearer, to have a culture of this. Um, I think the first is this, is you share. You share your burden. It's so easy to, for whatever reason, to feel like to just end up alone. And sometimes we do that to ourselves, and sometimes we've been pushed out by community, and it happens to us. Sometimes it's a mixture of both. Um, but I'm telling you, this is not that place. You don't have to be alone here. You don't have to be alone with, with Christ, with his people. Um, so you don't have to choose that today. So share. We're actually going to do that in just a moment, actually. We're going to take a few minutes to, uh, to do this. We did this during a week of prayer and uh, we're going to do it again, and I'll walk you through what we're going to do. Um, but it's also why we, why we have in our structure Antioch families, you know, that we get together once a week to share a meal together and to, to walk through life together so we can have space to know and to be known. And so if you're not involved in one of those, I would really encourage you to. Not that it can't happen here, but it's harder. Uh, you know, we come and we show up for, for Sunday gathering, and then we hang out a little bit and we go. So we build that in because we want to, we want to know and we want to be known. The second thing is to look, because not all the time will, will a burden be shared, or could it even be shared? Or sometimes someone doesn't even know that it is something to be shared, because they've been living with it for so long, they've just gotten used to it. And so having eyes to see, I mean, like that, those fifth graders, right, in the class, they were, they, I highly doubt that that kid, Ian, came up and said, hey guys, like, I'm really struggling with this. A fifth grade boy, you know, hey, will you help me out here? No, what? They were just, they just saw it and they acted, they moved, they responded. So it requires you to, to lift your head up out of 
your life just enough to see where somebody else is coming from. And yet we, this is both ways, right? This is one another. This is not just, none of us are, none of you are just a burden, right? None of you are your burden. We have burdens. I mean, none of you are just helpers either, right? I mean, those are the two ditches that I think we fall into with this. Some people just want to help people, and some people just want to give other people their mess to carry, right? It's both, right? It's reciprocal. There's a time and a place for you to be carried, and there's a time and a place for you to carry. Third, pray. I think burden-bearing begins and ends with prayer, with bringing that weight, that thing that is weighing your brother or sister down to your father on behalf of them. Because sometimes, sometimes you don't even know how to pray. And there's room for that. There's space for that. We're told the Holy Spirit makes up for that. He prays with groanings that are too deep for even words when you don't even know what to pray. And we can do that for one another as well. Pray for one another. And then fourthly, do. Doesn't, it doesn't end with prayer. It certainly starts there. But oftentimes, as you become aware, as you make your burdens known and you let others make their burdens known, there will become obvious something you need to do for someone. James says, you know, don't just see somebody in need, a brother or sister. He's talking about in the household of faith. He's saying, don't just see somebody in need and say, be warmed and filled and then walk away. You know, wish them well. He says, warm them, fill them, help them get the shelter they need, help them get food. Come up under the burdens that each of us is bearing, right? Because we're each carrying some load. We're each fighting some battle because it's exactly what Christ has done for you and for me. And so what we're going to do right now is we're actually going to, we're going to break up into groups. Now, I recognize some of you, this may be your very first time visiting us or you may be newer. Uh, putting myself in your shoes, I recognize this could be extremely uncomfortable for you. Um, I'll say a couple things. You, you do not have to share. You do not have to pray. But I would encourage you to get in a group nonetheless. We're going to get into groups of four. And we've got room. You can spread out. Uh, probably would be, actually be best to spread out so we're not all talking kind of on top of each other. 